listening to Treasuring Scripture, a podcast of the weekly teaching ministry of Lebanon Baptist Church, Roswell, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us at LebanonBaptist.org. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Uh, probably you could tell by now if you were here this morning that I, I do have a, an appetite for candor, um, just like saying it. And it, um, it's important. Uh, life's too short to just beat around the bush and nobody knows what you said. But you can say, I said it, and not get in trouble for saying it because nobody heard what you said. But people who just, like, spit it out, um, that's, I find that admirable. Um, the psalmist in Psalm 73 says what many, maybe all, many Christians have thought. They've said to, in their hearts, they've said in their mind, maybe haven't said it out loud. But he has the courage and he's under the inspiration of God, so he was going to say it. Okay? Um, he says things that are just straight Straight in your face, straight to the heart. And uh, we need it. it, hence it's in the book. So the writer of this psalm starts out by saying, verse 1, truly God is good to Israel. But he starts out saying God is morally perfect. Do you ever... Do you ever wonder about that really? Like, is he really? And see, now I'd ask you to raise your hands and you won't do it. And, and you should. <laughs> because the greatest of the greatest of the great, John the Baptist. Bible says there's there, none greater born of women. Woman, so that's like, like the greatest because that's all we're dealing with in life. And he said, ask him if he's the one that comes or if, there's another. He, he, he was in, he's in prison for his faith, for preaching truth. And he just had a, he wondered. He wondered. So, God is good. We, nobody's going to disagree that God is good. Sometimes in our hearts we think that perhaps he's not. But he says, here's the deal. God is morally excellent. He's always pure. He's always right. He always has the integrity. He always is who he always is. That's what I know. And he's good to Israel. He's good to his people. Okay? Those who are his, um, by faith, Old Testament, New Testament salvation was by faith, is by faith. To those who are pure in heart, to those whose hearts have been cleansed by the power of God. And so, so there's nothing to disagree with there, right? But this is a real important thing for him to say first. Because he's going to say next, and he's going to go on a long tear here. I know God is good. Benevolent, kind, and pure. I know that. But, but, okay, but as for me... Be honest, he says, I almost, I almost lost it. 
My feet almost stumbled. I almost crashed and burned. I almost miserably failed in my faith. A very uh, bold assertion on his part. Very humble assertion on his part. He says, now I know God's good, but when I look around at what's going on in my country, in my world, boy, oh boy. And uh, I find that, I've, I've always found that interesting and comforting. I find it particularly comforting today. I'm going, I, I know I'm going to, I, I am an old guy, so I'm going to sound like a really old guy. Uh, it seems to me when you just think it couldn't get any crazier, any more disgusting, any more depraved, any more twisted, it does. I mean, it's just unbelievable. What, and, and so I, I do some reading every morning, read some headlines, and I read, well, I'll look at Fox, and then I'll look at MSN. That's kind of a little torture t- treatment there. But hey, let's, get, let's see what they're all saying. And, um, and this is a silly one, but it's, it still is like, you got to... So... It, it warranted a picture and a story that was there for a week. A monkey died. A baby monkey died. It doesn't matter that a million babies died. Deliberately at the hands of doctors. Doesn't matter. But a monkey dies. And it makes the news. It's like, what in the world? world's gone crazy. And it's, it, actually, it hasn't. It's always been. Uh, it just gets worse and worse. And, and, and frankly, the younger you are, the, least, the less you notice that. The, the more you have history and, and experience, you, just, you see it more and more and more and more. It's like it, it, you don't even want to think it can't get worse because it will. And then so, so what does that look like? What does worse You know, it's, it, I'm not being careful about applications because I don't really want to get on a hobby horse and unnecessarily offend anybody. But he says, well, he says, okay, I'll tell you what I'll, he'll sell, he'll, he's gonna say, I'll tell you what I'm thinking, he says, okay. But as for me, I'm going to tell you the truth. Verse two, but as for me, my feet almost stumbled. I almost bought it. I, I almost hit the wall. I, I was coming around that curve, and I almost, my tires almost came off, and I almost went crashing. I almost crashed and burned right there. I'm, I'm telling you the truth, he says. This is the truth. Uh, and, and, and how that happened, what caused that uh, almost crash in the car, crash in your life is, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So the worse you are, the faster you achieve and climb the ladder of success. So if you want to succeed, just find the most disgusting person you ever met and outdo them in being disgusting. It's the truth. 
It's, and it's always been true. I mean, he's, I mean, this was a bit ago. This wasn't, this wasn't you know, recently. And, and so the Bible says, evil men shall get better and better. Is that what it says? Evil men shall wax worse and worse. And, and this, is, this is not a message of doom and gloom. What it, what it, what it does, and I think this is a, an enormous encouragement to me, it's like, oh, good, because I'm not the only one who feels this way. Because, it, it, I mean, I can remember being a kid and then hearing the prophetic messages and like the world's, you know, the world's going to hell, and it is. And then, and that was a hundred years ago when I was a little kid, and and it's like, and it gets worse and worse and worse, and and it does. And he says, "I'm just telling you the truth. I was envious of the arrogant because wicked people prosper. Yes, we reap what we sow. Um, in due season, it's never as fast. If you want it to grow, it's never as fast. And if you don't want it to grow," It does. So I got about four hairs on top of my head. And they're not doing much. Okay. But if they grew, that would be, that would be weird. Um, but it'd be new pictures. It'd be all over my, my kids' and grandkids' phones. Okay. And where I don't want it, like my ears, there's a forest. I got to get a weed whacker in there and get the, get the ear hair out. He's envious of the arrogant because he looked around in the prosperity uh, at the prosperity of evil people and it, it stunned him. It discouraged him. It messed with him. It messed with him. It wasn't like this, oh, okay, that's true. It's a shame. It, he couldn't dismiss it. It was sticky. He couldn't get it off. Verse 4, for they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. That's a weird cultural thing for us. We wouldn't necessarily combine those two words. But in, in that culture, that was all good. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out with fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue struts through the earth. There's a picture. They're just big mouth just strutting through the earth. Sounds like you're watching CNN. I'm serious. Just watch the news. Watch the, sen- the, you know, the nomination thing for the Speaker of the House. And, and, and all the, it's like, you're like, what are you, five years old? You got a bazillion degrees, you got elected by people. What were they thinking? And, I, and that goes, that's not on one side of the aisle. It's like, what? what? The, the, the only way to get ahead is to be worse than the next guy. More outrageous than the next guy. More lawless than the next guy. And it's not getting any better. And, and this is a long time ago, but he saw it. And he's not exaggerating. He's under the inspiration of God. They mouth their talk, they, what they say, whether they're, they're, they're uh, artists, vocal artists, or whether they're educators, 
who um, wouldn't know their, whole, their head from a hole in the ground. Um, it's, he says, I, when I think about that, it, it really messes with me. He said, I almost bought it. I almost lost it. I almost, he, didn't, so he doesn't describe how or what exactly he would have done. But basically he said, I was, I was near to parking the car and walking away. They set their mouths against the heavens. What people say about God and truth. It's just like, man. And if you're a conservative Bible believer, you're supposed to be a hate monger. It's like, whoa. I could live without that other form of love that's loving me so much and calling me all those names. It's not new. It's, it's worse than ever. The Bible says evil men show up, wax worse and worse, so it's worse. But it's always been horrible. And it's always been hard for conscientious true believers to know what to do with. We pray against it. We can preach against it. We can share the gospel. We've got a lot of things we can do, and we do. But in fact, the world is in decline, and it will be till Jesus comes. And so it's not getting any better. And, and that's, that's a real, if we, if we stop the message there, it'd be like, that's just what I wanted to tell you tonight. It's bad, and it'll just get worse. It goes like this. We had, we had an old, our first assistant pastor. I was a little kid when he came on. He used to just say, yeah, it goes like this for, and then for a while, and then it gets worse. That was his, he wasn't a happy guy. <laughs> he was not Mr. Fun, Pastor Garber. He was Pastor Garber. Okay. Um, but this is the truth. They set their mouths against the heavens. They curse the heavens, they abject, rude, profane disrespect for God. Whether they're vocal artists or print art or paint art or computer art, the stuff, it's just obscene disrespect for God. They set their mouths against the heavens, their tongues strut through the earth, verse 10. Therefore, this people turn back to them and find no fault in them. They, they, they sin with impunity. The more you sin, the more praise you get anymore. The more woke you are, the more praise you get anymore. It's like, what? Behold, and they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge with the most High? God doesn't know, God doesn't care. We're God, we'll make our own God. Behold, these are the wicked, verse 12. Always at ease. They increase in riches, all in vain. Here, oh, now here, he's going to get to the point here. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said I will speak this, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. He says, well, let me be honest with you. Um... I, I washed my hands. I chose the path of moral purity, of truth, of being clean. And sometimes, only on days that end with why, but sometimes it feels like it's useless. Now, this is a guy being inspired by God to put this in God's word. 
He's not saying it is useless. And we're going to see that this, this, this psalm is like the music of the psalm would be start out, it'd be kind of chipper, and then it would get dark and twisted, and then it would be triumphant at the end. So the triumphant part's coming, okay, but not quite yet. We've got to finish up the dark part. He says, I got to tell you, it is so bad. So anywhere you go, it, how can you tell they're lying? Their lips are moving. You know, this is, it's like you think they couldn't do that. Okay, they, they might, this, this school board might do this or this, but they could never do that. Then they do worse than that. Is that the world you're living in? Yeah. And he was living in a world like that. Different scenario, different time. I don't think they had... Wi-Fi back then. He said, so I feel like I have kept my heart clean uh, in vain. He says, but if I say this to the people, um, well, that's going to be a problem for them. I, I would betray the generation of your children. But when I thought to how to understand this, it seemed to me to be a wearisome task. He says, I'm trying to figure this out. How do I resolve this? I, I know what I'm feeling and, and how I, I, what, what it seems to me and what God is allowing. How can God let him say that? What God's allowing and, what God, and what's going on, he says, it seems, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, get, I don't know how that happens. And, and if, I, if I went to church and said it out loud, well, then I'm going to be a stumbling block and a discouragement. So he puts it in the Bible. <laughs> but anyway, it's like you want to keep a secret, but you put it online. So don't tell anybody. Click, click. And then, oh, that, that'll work. Just tell them not to tell anybody. And so, you know, I'm, ma- I'm making light of it to make a point. But the bottom line is this guy, like us, at times are tortured souls. When you read the headlines, when you hear the news, when you see what's going on, aren't we? We are. And he's saying, I'm just telling you, he says, I am, that's who I am. And and I'm afraid to express it because I don't want to discourage and mislead God's children. Here's the nice, nice little tune there. It's not my phone because I keep it off. <laughs> I don't even know why I have a phone, but I carry it. Okay, I do. I, I use it for playing solitaire when I'm bored. <laughs> and look at your pictures. That's my confession. No more. Okay. He says, I, I am tortured. It's a wearisome task until big, big change. In, now, this is where the music changes. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. I'm sitting here this evening, singing along with you, looking at these glorious words in music and thinking, that's true. That's true. And when we, th- when we, when we look at those words, we, we go to the sanctuary of God, whether it's our private reading of devotions, whether it's a small Bible study and, or it's in church, wherever it is, you get alone with God, with a bunch of other people. You can get alone with a bunch of other people. And, and, and you put your mind on God and his word and it's like, and all of a sudden, the, the mood, the color, uh, the sound, the tone from, from a, a minor tone to a major tone, because, oh, oh, yeah, um, there's this God factor. 
Um, And when I go to the sanctuary of God, then I discern their end. Okay. Um, There are there are games, football games. I'll use football as an example. Okay. So uh, you're winning, you're killing them, you're mocking the other team because they're so bad, and then there's a fumble and interception, and then. They do something at the last minute. They run across the uh, goal line, win the score, the final touchdown. They win and slam the ball on the ground. And they do their stinking little dance in the in the end zone, and it's like, oh, from there, you know, to oh, that's awful. Well, where this is, it's the opposite. It's like, oh man, we stink. This game is over. There is no hope. Now, we know that's not true because there's Jesus, okay, and there's God there, but, 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 and I'm not making fun of it, but, we, we know, but our, our understanding of that, we know it, but it's, it's not ruling our thoughts and our passions. Here he says, I, 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 I got alone with God. I put down the paper. I stopped looking at the headlines. I stopped looking at, at the, not, not forever. You're just going to look at them the next day. But you take your eyes off of the stupid things that are being said you know, on Facebook, wherever, Facebook or whatever, FaceTime, Face, whatever, okay? And you put your heart and mind and face back on him. And it changes everything. Um, Probably the disciples um, felt similarly discouraged. It was going great. They were supposed to rule and reign in the world with Jesus. And then he's dead. Why didn't he say so? It's like, wait a minute, guys. He told you lots of times. I go back, I can read it. He, he told you then, what are we doing? We're going to go down to Jerusalem. What are you going to do? Uh, they're going to arrest me and they're going to uh, beat me and they're going to kill me. Okay, well, well, when you get to your kingdom, who gets to be the, gets the biggest piece of the pie? It's like, you, you didn't hear at all. So, when they hear, when he hears, Puts his mind back on Christ, back on God, back on the promises of God. He says, then here's what I remember. I was like, um, how are they destroyed? Well, we'll go back to verse um, 18, sorry. He says, then in, in 17, he says, I, I discerned their end. Truly, you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes. Oh, Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, now there he's analyzing his own feelings. There's a major um, admission. He says, I was bitter. I'm a follower of Jesus. I was working hard. I was making sacrifices. I was singing the songs. I was doing the work for a long time. And, and, and every, you know, the worst of the worst of the worst are just getting away with it. And my heart's getting, my life's getting harder and harder and harder. He says, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. Okay, so that's, I, I, he he starts out by affirming God is good. God is good to Israel, to those who love him and follow him. But when I'm looking around, when I'm living life by what I see around me and what I hear, it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. 
It's not, well, isn't that sad? No, it's awful. Then I, 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 if I, I don't, he says, I don't even say it out loud to my friends because it would stumble them. It'd be a problem. It would be discouragement. You're saying it to the world, but, but then he wasn't going to say it to his friends. Okay. And so I got alone with God in the sanctuary and listened to him. It's like the disciples were in the boat uh, and Jesus was asleep. Right? And the boat's about to sink and they're panicked. Don't you care? And he's like, why were you upset? And everything went to a sea of glass. So he says, when I, when I focus my mind back on who Jesus is and what he's doing, rather than who I am and what I'm doing and what's going on in the world around me. Not that you don't think about those things, but you take those off the screen and you put your mind for some time every day back on Jesus alone. The result of that was, nevertheless, I am now you, he's speaking now of what will happen between him and God, okay? He says, nevertheless, I am continually with you, hold my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. He says, so so how's the story end? It looks, okay, seriously, Apart from Jesus coming, how do the next 10 years in America look? Well, we'll put a Republican in there. They're sinners too, you know. Put an independent in there. We'll put a good guy in there. He'll be a light in the dark place for sure. But, 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 but God says, it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse till I step in and come. So he says, I am continually, I, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. So when I got alone with God, what I remember is that I belong to him. He is alive. And for actually, if I think more fully about what scripture says, he said it would be like this. He said, before I come, it'll be the worst it's ever been. And after I pull you out of here, it's going to get even worse until he settles the new heavens and the new earth and the new kingdom. What I see is uh, my only hope, my focus needs to be that you're, you're my guide, verse 24, you're, you guide me with your counsel. Okay, so I got to get back to what God is saying. What the, what the guys are saying on TV might be accurate, in, might be accurate news, but that's, that's not helping me. Doesn't mean you shouldn't watch the news, but that's not helping me. He said, I've got, to be hearing, I've got to be hearing God speak to me every day. Because we're living in a system of lies, are we not? So all we hear is lies every day. And if it's a truth, it's, it's a deceptive truth, right? And we need to hear from God. And so, so that's what I need to choose to do. You know, it doesn't mean you don't read your newspaper. It doesn't mean you don't check out an article online. But it's like, turn it off and put your face in the book. Let's, that's what they say. That's what CNN says. That's what MSN says. That's what Fox News says. That's what they say. What does God say? And he says, when I do that, well, he says... 
I know this. You're going to guide me. Well, how am I, what am I going to do? What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do if this guy doesn't? I've got to be careful because my thoughts here would be probably inappropriate. <laughs> Not sin, just offensive. But it's like, well, let's like, you watch what happens in, 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 the, in, in our leaders. And it's like, so that's our leader? That's our leader? That's our leader? And they say the, the, the most evil and the dumbest stuff that you could think. Not the ones you're thinking about, different ones. Okay. And, and, and it's not that there aren't good leaders and conscientious people, but the, the system is, is going down the drain. And he says, here's the deal. When I, when I remember, okay, that's the truth, and oh, throw in the towel. No, 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 no. No. You're going to guide me with your counsel. You're going to receive me to glory. I know how this ends. This is, ends up with me looking in Jesus' eyes, everything being all right forever. That's how this ends. And, and it hasn't ended yet, but God says that's how this ends. I, I remember I, there was a guy in our church. We went up fishing in a thousand islands once. I was an assistant pastor. And we were uh, working with some guys in the church, and so they wanted to fish. So we went up to fish. And, and there, there had been a boxing fight. I forget who was fighting who, but there was a big fight. And guy A won, guy B got beaten to a pulp. So we're up there in, 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 on just the, on the other side of the St. Lawrence in Canada fishing. And this guy, his name was Larry. I won't, I'll just keep it there. And, and Larry's, and, and there's a little black, white, and TV thing in this little shed thingy we're staying in. And, um, and, and here's this fight. There's these two guys fighting. And he's like, he's like, who's going oh, to win? And, and, and it's like, Larry, that's a videotape. The guy already got beat to a ball a month ago. I'll bet you, though, he wins this time, too. <laughs> we, get, we get to know the end from the beginning. What a glorious gift from God. Not the details, not the day, not the hour. But we know who wins and it's not us, it's God. And it's absolutely certain. And when we remember that, we find the strength and joy and energy to live in a sin-cursed world that's getting worse all the time. Just the truth. He says, so when I look at God's good, when I'm looking at God, I'm good. When I look at me or I look at those around me, in my flesh dwells no good thing. Around me, a decadent nation getting worse and worse. Truth. So I look at God. I go to the sanctuary. I find a time to be alone with him. And so he says there in verse 1, Who have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. That's a, really? That's an amazing statement. I'd like to be able to make that statement, wouldn't you? Be able to look God in the eyeballs, figuratively, and say, you know everything, you know, I want nothing else but you. Whoa. But the only, the only way that comes to the psalmist is because he took his eyes off the world and put it back on the sanctuary on his God. And so he says, that's a powerful statement. There is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 
That word portion goes all the way back. It's really actually a simple but powerful imagery. Okay, so uh, the children of Israel, uh, all the delays, all the casualties, they end up finally in the promised land, right? Cross the river, they're there. Jericho finally falls, everything's going well. And it's all, and there's some bad spots. But they get to the spot where basically the major powers are, are conquered and um, they're going to uh, allot the land up to, okay, the kids from Manasseh, you get that. The ones from Judah, you get that. And he's going through the tribes and assigning them territories, right? Anybody remember that in the Bible anywhere? Okay. And he says, okay, and the Levites. Uh, he, was, he was out of property. <laughs> but that's not the point. He says, you know, Levites... These guys got that, Judah gets that, Issachar gets that, you get me. You get, my, you get me. I'm your inheritance. I'm your portion. And that's what he realizes here. I mean, we're creatures of, of this world. And so we, start, we think about our portion, our future, our families, our nation, our society. And, it's our, and, and he, like, he says, no, 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 no. On the surface, that is true, but this is this is not our home. We're just passing through. He says, "You're my portion." So, what do we get? We get him. Need anything more? I don't. That's about. (laughs) That'll work. That's pretty much okay. There's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Wow. That's not who I am yet. I aspire to be that person. I really do want him. But but see, one of the things God does is the older you get and the longer you walk with him, those other things that kind of encroached on Christ being your portion took pieces of your heart and attention away. They tend to fall away. Still things you have to do, but they just don't mean that much to you. And he just continues to mean more and more and more to you. That's what happened to the psalmist. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Behold, those who are far from you shall perish and put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. And and, uh, in, in the actual better word order, he's saying this. The nearness of God is my good. That God is near me. I'm near him by his grace alone. Uh, I got, got, that's that's my good. Other things are nice, might be convenient. But what satisfies his very heart, God's my portion and I'm near him and he's near me. So tonight, we're sitting there singing these songs, reminding us of Christ and reminding us of our future. And then, and then you think of the newspaper and how things are going. It's like, yeah, we're not going to be here forever, are we? We're not. It's not a, it's not a pipe dream. It's not a, an empty fantasy. It's, he's coming. Which scared me to death when I was six. Okay, but the longer you live, it's like 
I mean, my only worry is like, hey, I, I tell God, come any day. Love you have to come tomorrow. Just make sure all my grandkids come along with us to heaven. Okay. I, he tolerates my, my grandfatherly prayer. But if he came tomorrow, that'd be okay, wouldn't it? That would be okay. And that's, that's what happens to the psalmist. Okay, I know God is good and he's good to Israel. But for me, I'll tell you, I was looking around and life is awful and it's getting more awful all the time than that water. Anybody says that's just the truth. It's unspeakably awful. It's, un, it's just like when you could think they could never, this is crazy, this is corrupt, this is debased, but that's as bad as it gets. And they're like, yeah, no, no, whoa, no, man. And unless Jesus comes, it's still on that same trajectory. It's not turning around. So what do I do? I remember he's my portion. Nearness to him, that's my good. Being able to turn our country around, which would be glorious. That's not my good. That's not what my heart, what I need, what I crave. The highest good is nearness to to him. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. Quite a psalm, don't you think? Can you relate? Yeah, we can, can't we? Um, The only score that counts is the one at the end of the game. So what's the end of the game? When he got alone with God, he remembered the end of the game. Walking with God, he's my portion. He will keep me. He will help me. I'll survive. And when I die, I will go to be with him. And one day he sets his kingdom up on earth. That's the end score. Does it look like we're going to win that kind of a game now? Like Christians are going to take over the world? Does it look like that? Nope. But it's going to happen. We're not going to take over the world. Jesus is. But we'll be with him. Very, very important. Wonderful psalm. It's what a ride. God's good. Life stinks. <laughs> and I almost crashed and burned. Um, but then I went back to church. Then I went to my prayer closet. Then I went for a long walk or a long ride. And I, and I remembered he's, what do I get? Like the, the Levites, you, know, you get me. Wow. Are you good with that? Yeah, amen. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Treasuring Scripture. It's our desire that every Christian treasure God's Word in their heart. To follow our podcast, please hit the subscribe button. If you're interested in learning more about our church, please visit LebanonBaptist.org.